Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, it is our first show of 2019 here at the Gospel for Life. Brothers, how are you doing today? Very well, thanks. Doing well. Very well. Excellent. So, um, I know this. we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I like to spring stuff on you at the last minute. Um, did you get any fun books um, over the holidays that you're looking forward to? I got two volumes on Genesis uh, by John Calvin. Sweet. Looking forward to studying Genesis in the upcoming year. Now give a quick blurb on the publisher of that book. It's, it's Banner of Truth. Banner of Truth has uh, been publishing uh, wonderful books, uh, some old books, republishing um, great theological themes, good um, biographies. If you want to read some great biographies, you want to find a Banner Truth title. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I got a book called The Wizard of Foz. It's the story of Dick <laughs> Fosbury and how he revolutionized the high jump. Awesome. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Back in the back <laughs> yeah, in the, the Fosbury flop. <laughs> yep, Dick, Dick Fosbury. He, he lives up in, he retired now, he lives <laughs> up in Haley. And it has nothing to do with theology or Bible, but, but, you can bet that a sermon illustration is going to come out of it somewhere. I, yeah, I think so. Well, the title alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, do we? Does anybody else understand that as the Fosbury flop? You know, that was the uh, that was what they called that jump that he made. Well, I only you, know it because I'm a track coach, but not because I'm old enough to remember it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's his birthday today, and he is getting older. Yeah. Happy birthday, Russ. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I got two books. Um, both actually um, versions of the Bible. One was a Psalter Bible, um, so it's the Psalms with a little bit of commentary, and the other was the Reader's Gospel, so mm-hmm. it's all the Gospels without the chapter titles and um, chapter breaks and verses involved, so hopefully mm-hmm. it will. My goal is to use it to read through the Gospels throughout the year and read through the Psalms throughout the year. So nice. mm-hmm. That's cool. Maybe not as, as um, catchy as the the Wizard of Foz, but well, I, I, I did get a I did get a book by John Grisham that I finished in two days. So it's it's already passed. You know, it's not even something I'm looking forward to reading again. Yeah. I got um, the works of Richard Sibbs. He's a he was a Puritan, and I know the Puritans even today still get a really bad rap of being legalistic and cold and and rigid. And I I when I read the Puritans, I don't read them like that. I, they're extremely warm. They're extremely gospel-centered. They, they, they care about showing you Jesus, and they sh- care about showing you grace. So I'm really excited about getting into that. It's, it's also a Banner Truth title. Yeah, Leland Riken writes on the Puritans, and it gives you a whole new sense of the Puritans when you read him, as well as uh, I think um, J.I. Packer wrote a book on the Puritans yeah, as well. Quest for Godliness. Quest for Godliness, and it just totally will reorient you as, in terms of how you view the Puritans. I mean, yeah. particularly Leland Riken's book, they're – they were earthy, um, wonderful people. Is that you called know? Worldly Saints? Worldly Saints, yes. Yep. Yeah, that's a good book. I think Peter Lewis wrote a book, and I'm struggling with the title. Um, 
the genius of Puritanism, maybe? Mm. Yep. Is that? Yep, I got that one on my shelf, yep. I, I think if, if people understood the Puritans in their time frame and their in their context, I think it would help them also as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes people try to transport people to a different era without understanding the era from which they came. Yeah. And I think we sometimes misrepresent people. Um, any historical figure that you try to take and transport 200 years, mm-hmm. 500 years, 1,000 years, it's really difficult because they were a product of, of their surroundings their culture their time period and and that does matter yeah i think we have to be fair to historical figures and movements they they use lines i mean they use references and they turn them into pejoratives like puritanical well actually they were not puritanical when you read about them right right well and the thing about the puritans and this is just applies to so much history most of, or, or I should maybe, in fairness, I should say, much of the secular history that you read about the Puritans is written by people who don't like them, yeah. right? <laughs> and so they have, kind of, or who have based their view on a, a novel by Nathaniel Hawthorne, exactly. the Scarlet Letter, and they yes. say, "Oh, that was a historical work," and it's, mm-hmm. it's and just not, it's, and it's not. And, ha- and Hawthorne didn't like the Puritans, mm-hmm. uh, as brilliant as that book is. Uh, but you know, just, just, it's another example of. Uh, make sure you read broadly when you when you read history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. In our family, we have a practice of we we actually give books to our kids um, for Christmas that um, to encourage reading. And so, you know, some of them are like the the Wizard of 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 Foz, um, where they they don't have anything to do with necessarily religion or or Christianity, um, but others are. And so, I would just encourage people to find books on all parts of the spectrum as far as you know yeah. good solid books to to let your minds go in and and have some be things that may not pertain directly to Christianity and others that that do and and just encourage reading of all different yeah. sorts a good novel is like a vacation yeah. yeah i mean you just get you get into it and you you you're transported into that um that little world um some of my favorite books, you know, Count of Monte Cristo was, you know, by Alexander Dumas. I, I could read that over and over again. Uh, you know, those are great books to transport your mind and yeah. mm-hmm. just Tim Keller you. would say that you should always have a work of, of fiction going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you should always, as you're doing, he's a, a pastor and he's saying for him, it helps with his own creativity and imagination, his, his use of words, so that he always keeps a book of fiction going at the same time that he's in, engrossed in all of his, his theological and, well, and I biblical think, studies. I think the, the wonder of, of when Keller talks about that is that it, part, of, part of why it's so good is because you can see the gospel everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can see the gospel in fictional, in fantasy, in um, nonfiction, in historical. You can see the gospel in every part of literature. I'm mm-hmm. quote the quote will escape me, but every good story is a gospel story. I think yeah. G. K. Chesterton it comes from something that he might have said. Yeah. Um, but that's the truth. You have a you have a a situation that seems unredeemable, and then in the in the end it's all going south, and then in the end you see redemption. You see it coming. Fruition. But it took yeah. sacrifice and, and it, it took somebody right. dying it takes, or something. Something or, happens in that story. And yeah. so every good story is a gospel story. It's one of the reasons, you know, I you know, I like watching old film. 
But, you know, if you get into the 60s and you're watching old film, they never resolve. Yeah. And uh, and you just feel like I've just wasted. It was the era of existentialism. <laughs> I've, just wa- I've just wasted an hour or two watching this film. It's like the sneeze that never happens. You just get the buildup without the sneeze. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I think yeah. that's why superhero movies are so good. <laughs> Personally, go. like the Marvel movies, because all of them have the same plot line, which so is. So we went from great works of literature to, <laughs> to Marvel. Marvel. Hey, Marvel. Yes. Comic, hey, Marvel comic, comic books <laughs> is a great piece of literature. I, <laughs> I right. did not that's see right. that coming. How many do you have? <laughs> actually, I'm not a comic book reader. But, <laughs> but I, it, within the last month, I've actually quoted two um, literary works that were not directly religious in in their intent. I mean, they they were written from people that had a strong religious background, and that their books have a redemptive theme. But I, I quoted from Les Mis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. Yeah, that's a great book. Great moment in the book where Jean Valjean has just got out of prison and and he ends up in a in a in a priest's home, bishop's home, because he can't find any place else to stay, and he steals all of the silver and he's going to go back into that the workhouse. What was he there? Seventeen, nineteen years. Yeah, he gets caught and brought back, and the priest shows him grace yeah. and, and he says, says "Oh, you forgot these. You as forgot well. these, and he you gives forgot him the more. candlesticks." Yeah, that's just a great yeah. moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I quoted from J.R. Tolkien's um, "The Lord of the Rings." Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just great pictures of Jesus Christ if, and Aragorn. Yeah, if you can get book. if you can get people reading um partic- even in reading novels and that you know you end up with a language you end up with a vocabulary you end up appreciating a lot of good things. And I think it was Warren Wearsby that said uh, readers are leaders and uh, we want that for our children too. So introduce them to some good books, introduce them to uh, something that they'll read. Mm-hmm. Like yourself, we've always given books to our children. Um I'm watching grandkids now, and um, so I bought books for them for Grandpa to read. So when they come over, um, you know, I have a little granddaughter, and she says, "Can you read me a book from the high shelf?" Meaning, there's there's some books up there that she can't reach herself, but we'll pull them down and we'll sit down and read them together. And you know, like, but I think having a read aloud going with your mm -hmm. kids all the time is a great thing Mm -hmm. to do. Uh I mean, I. I always read um, the Narnia books to my kids. My wife always had read-alouds going, and even until they were quite old, mm-hmm. they still loved yeah. a mm-hmm. read-aloud. Um, mm-hmm. With with my my wife does voices. She's she's great at it. I don't think you have to do that, but boy, she made it enjoyable. I remember when we were first married, we were traveling in a car. This is a long time ago, um, and she was reading a book to me and. I forgot that she was reading it. I reached over towards the car radio and turned up the <laughs> the volume. <laughs> and she's like, are you trying to tell me I'm not reading loud enough? Yeah, and I was so engrossed in the book that I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah. I'm um, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I didn't. You know, Carl Truman uh, does this where they, they go to the park in the summertime and he'll read a Chronicles of Narnia in the park. And he'll, there'll be a, a crowd of young people people or families or something they'll just sit in the park he, he he sits in a chair and with a lamp post and and we'll read uh, the chronicles of narnia through but completely unfair because carl truman has a british accent yeah. no yeah, this, yeah. this is true count. i mean it doesn't that's work for us count. it doesn't work for us that's that's true that's true well we um pretty much blew through that day <laughs> so um, maybe in the in the remaining couple minutes since it is the beginning of 2019 um, maybe we can give um our listeners, 
some book recommendations. I mean, I know that some people get Amazon gift certificates for Christmas and they're waiting to see what they're going to buy or whatever. And so um, I'll start with me. That way you guys have time to think about it. Um, we've talked about this before. Um, for little kids, there's a really good book called uh, this Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Now, right. the, the, the greatest benefit of this book, um, in addition to the great art and all that stuff, is that it teaches you how Jesus is in every single story in the Bible. And the subtitle is Every Story Whispers His Name. And um, if, if you don't get that, if you don't understand that Jesus is in every story, then you're going to read the Bible as a bunch of dis- uh, you know, um, uncollected facts. And um, that or moral helpful. stories. Or, well, that, that's, the, that's the biggest problem. Yeah. You just see, all you see is moral stories instead yeah. of seeing God in them or, and uh, how they point to Jesus right. Christ. Right. You're, you're, you're just reading it as a go out and do the same thing. Right. Kill your giants like right. David. You know. So that's my suggestion. You got about a, a minute to you guys give your suggestions. L.B. Graham has a series of books called Binding the Blade. And for young people, I've read them. Um, a lot of my kids have read them. They're just great fantasy books and they are engaging and they have gospel undertones throughout um, but it's not explicitly Mm -hmm. religious but um, I love them Binding the Blade L.B. Graham Mm -hmm. yeah I'm going to go back to back to basics Um, if you've not read it uh, you need to go out and get a copy right away of C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity Mm -hmm. Uh, read it once a year to clear the cobwebs out of your head Mm -hmm. and uh uh, another real, uh, real basic that ought to be on every Christian's uh, bookshelf is Knowing God by G.I. Packer. If you've not read it yet, you're, you're in for a treat. Um, and, and, and both of them, just very solid, uh, basic introduction to Christianity. I would have said Knowing God, too. Um, G.I. Packer's book is just a, a real entry into understanding who he is, and I think the chapter on the fatherhood of God is probably one of the uh, most unique chapters and understanding that we are adopted into his family is great. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed the show tomorrow. We hope you still listen tomorrow. <laughs> so this has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 